I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. This is one of a number of special podcasts from the Shenlong Society's day-long conference on Chinese herbal medicine. This podcast comes to you with support from Meiwei Herbs. Meiwei supports the continuing education and learning of practitioners and is delighted to help bring you these podcasts that explore our herbal traditions and modern use of herbs in the modern clinic. sitting down here with Michael Fitzgerald and Dr. Yu from uh, Sichuan, China. Uh, Dr. Yu just gave us a class. It was fantastic. And we're just sitting down to have a little conversation about a couple of things that came up for me in the uh, class this morning. I want to mention, too, for any of you out there that are herbalists, uh, Dr. Yu's second book, Walk Along the River, uh, has just been released. There's copies of it here. There's copies of it uh, on the big river of books, and of course you can get it from Eastland Press. If you're an herbalist, this is a book that you got to have. And this is the second version, so there's so there's two volumes. It's delicious reading. All right, so we're going to get into it here. We've got Michael Fitzgerald working as the official translator. That's what it says right on his label here. Mm-hmm. And let's begin. Uh, Dr. Yu, thank you so much for coming here to America teaching us these classes. I have a couple of questions. So the first one is, in listening today to you give us a lecture, it seems that you were not paying so much attention to Zhang Fu as you were looking at the six-level differentiation of where a problem is. I'm wondering in your practice, in your work in China, do you think much about Zhang Fu, or are you mainly looking at the level that an illness is at? Good afternoon, everybody. Yulaoshi,他想第一个,他有两个问题,第一个问题就是关于他今,你今天讲课,比较重视这个六经辩证,而不是我们美国还有大陆。实际上我们讲这个,什么最原始的,最基本的,他讲的是八纲,对不对? Uh, so the first thing he said was that um, whatever seems, if I understood him correctly, whatever seems appropriate, he'll use. So whether if that Zongfu diagnosis seems appropriate for this case, then he'll use that. Or if Leo, uh, six channel seems appropriate, then he'll use that. But really, uh, at its root, six channel is really at the root of, uh, uh, of diagnosis, and uh, it includes all other sort of methods of diagnosis. Now behind six channel diagnosis is we usually think is the eight parameters, right? What do we have? Yin yang, excess deficiency, internal, external. Why do I always have to forget that? Hot cold? A hot cold, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And and yet, uh, so we think of that as that sort of the overlying umbrella, and yet the interesting thing is the ancients did not talk about the eight parameters. They didn't use that word, let's put it that way. They didn't talk, uh, use that term. And he went through his mind and he's saying, well, let's see, at the uh, end of the Ming Dynasty, the beginning of the Qing Dynasty, um, no, they didn't use it there. And he mentioned this book called Yi Xue Xin Wu, uh, maybe Insights into Medicine, Study of Medicine. Um, no, he didn't use it there. He went on. He did use the character eight for something, and he didn't clarify. 
Um, but he said it seems that actually it wasn't until, um, I don't know the official term, but like 1949 after China sort of. The, the liberation. The liberation, thank you. That people who were assigned to sort of, you know, uh, create the medicine uh, to be taught on a broader scale, wise as they were or whatever, decided to use this term, the eight parameters, as a sort of a, 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 a name to uh, uh, help understand these ideas that are obviously in Chinese medicine from long ago, but that term wasn't, wasn't used yet, actually. So that's, that's more of a newer term, mm -hmm. and he really thinks more about looking deeply into the six levels, yeah. or looking at Zhang Fu if that seems to be what's appropriate. So first of all, he just wanted to make a correction was that when he said that it was after the liberation in 49 that they started using this, he remembered there was a doctor from Shanghai who was a, uh, you know, official or unofficial, I'm not sure, member of the uh, Fire Spirit, is that how you guys mm, translate yeah, it? Fire, fire Spirit School, Fire mm -hmm. School, you know, his nickname was, uh, he was, his name is Zhu Wei Ju, and his nickname was Zhu uh, Fuzi. So he liked to use Fuzi a lot. Uh, he has a book, a very interesting book, which is also a discussion with him and his student called Shanghan Jernan, if I remember correctly, if I understood what he said. Great book, actually, very interesting, and a physician of the uh, modern era in the early 20th century. He thinks he may have used that terminology. He just wanted to be correct on his statement, but he's not sure he read it when he was younger, and he's, he thinks so. But anyway, back to his own clinical practice and why he brought up Ba Gong, or the eight parameters, is because I, he's saying that that's really kind of his base approach to diagnosis. And Liu Jing, the six channels, uh, is very important and, and really is a practical manifestation tool of the eight parameters. And six channel can include Zongfu diagnosis, can include the three Jiao, the uh, three burners, yeah, a burner's diagnosis, qi, uh, blood, excuse me, uh, what do they call it, wei, qi, qi, uh, nutritive level and blood level, it can include that. Mm -hmm. So it can include a lot of things, the six channels, and so it's not just limited necessarily to what they wrote in the Shang Lun, but I, a lot of that's included. So it's a useful tool, but I think he uses the eight parameters. I might be hitting on this point a little too much, but I just want to ask one other question about the Liu Jing, about the six channels, and that is when we look at the six channels, there, so for example, today we're talking about Umewan, so that is a Jueyin, Jueyin Fang, right? It's a Jueyin formula. And when I think of Jueyin, there's a wood aspect to Jueyin, right? That's the liver, and there is the fire aspect of Jay, and that would be the pericardium. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if he gives much thought to differentiating, is this oh, it, the wood side of the Jayin, or is this the fire side of the Jayin? I mean, we could go through all the channels that way, right? Mm -hmm. There's the, you know, like for the gallbladder, there's the wood aspect, I mean, for the Shaoyang, uh, there's the wood aspect, which is gallbladder, and then there is the fire aspect, which would be the uh, triple burner. So I'm wondering if, if that comes into his thinking mm -hmm. in the work that he does. In answer to your question, the way he responded was that he raised this thing that he raised a little bit today, which he didn't get into too much, which was that 
this line from the Neijing, which has been a thorn in my side, a minor thorn, but a thorn, uh, because people don't explain it much. And um, talking about the qi transformation is the term of each of the different channels mm -hmm. from uh, of the six channels. And there's a line that says, Xiaoyang and Taiyin, how to translate this I, it may not be the best, but um, are to be seen from their root or treated from their root. Now, Xiaoyang's root is fire. And Taiyin's root is cold, damp. So that's how you're going to treat illnesses of that nature. Basically, again, this is umbrella sort of talk, but if you understand my meaning, it's a general thing. From fire for Xiaoyang and from cold, damp from Taiyin. The next line is that Taiyang and Xiaoyin can be treated from their root or their branch, meaning the root of either one is, uh, the root of Taiyang is... Uh, cold and the branch is is yang and so it could be to have a yang heat aspect and the shaoyin is just the opposite right the root is is uh, fire heat and its branch is a yin channel so it could have a cold aspect of it so that's the unique pairing of where it could go either way and when as an example we have something like ma huang foods the shishintang pure very very warming Guizhou food, Jia food zetong, things like that, which are very cold, treating cold and with warm herbs. Or you have the other side of it, of the Xiaoyin, uh, which could be heat, like a Huanglian Ejiaotong. So those two channels could go either way. Their manifestations can go back and forth between this hot or cold sort of thing. The next one, which is sort of special, the next grouping is Yang Ming and Yin. They don't go from the root which in Dreyin would be wind or wood, and then the root of Yangming would be dryness, heat, but, and they don't go from their branch, which it, I have to think about all this. It gets a little confusing, but, the, but that's a yin, one's a yin channel, one's a yang channel or something. They go from their middle, and the middle here actually means their internal-external relationship organ is what it means. So for Dreyin, that would be Xiaoyang and fire, so it's to be treated through f or looked at in a way that it could change to fire. And from Yangming, that it actually the middle would be spleen, would be Taiyin and cold damp. So I asked him, I said, hey, look, I have to understand this, your perspective on this, because it's what I interpret, but nobody's ever laid it out, is if, for example, we have a Baihutang syndrome, and we say, yeah, well, I mean, that's Baihutang presentation. i got to give you sure Gao and Zhermu and Gansao and rice. But once I clear that, sh I should be on the lookout to see if this person's spleen is really out of imbalance too, and then see what happens and consider that it might go there. And he said yes, that that is true. That's the meaning of those lines. So I don't know where we went after that. There was a lot, but. Well, that, that is a lot. And, and it answers my, well, it, in some ways it answers my question. Mm -hmm. And in some ways it really raises a lot of questions for me with, how I think about things clinically in terms of looking at the Liu Jing, of looking at these six conformations mm -hmm. and paying attention to, you know, the yin or the yang, well, no, not the yin or yang aspect, but like which of the five element correspondences it's also mm -hmm. connected to. Mm -hmm. And this piece about do we treat it from the branch or treat it from the root or treat it from the middle, mm -hmm. I hear you say this today and I go, oh my God, goodness this is th i mean th i could
probably spend the next three years in clinic <laughs> trying to parse this out. I'm wondering if this connects to this idea that we have of open, close, and pivot. So basically, he said that he feels like this is kind of a, a, a word game, that he feels like this idea for him does not have a lot of clinical value. Um, uh, for example, you know, uh, tie-in or spleen conditions are, ex are internal. What does this mean to open? So tie-in governs opening. What does that mean? He says he doesn't, for him, it doesn't have a lot of clinical value. He doesn't see where somebody who's got, uh, uh, now he didn't mention this, but you know, the lung is the other side of tie-in. Maybe it relates to that. But for tie-in spleen conditions, the, this idea of opening does not have a lot of meaning for him. And he raised other examples of how, for example, Xiaoyin is the pivot. For Xiaoyin disease, we're talking even deeper, more persistent sort of cold deficiency type things. Why are we, what's, how does that have to do with the pivot? To him, uh, it was something that people have written about but never ever put it into a practical application. I have, in my clinical thinking, it seems to me when I think of, of Kai Ho Shu, right, open, close, pivot, mm -hmm. I tend to think, of course, of the Xiaoyang as pivot, right? We all learn that. Sure. It's very, very uh, basic. But it seems to me that the pivot of the Xiaoyang is actually into the Jiayin. Mm. And today, in, in listening to the class that you gave us, you were talking about Umewan. It's this Jiayin issue. And you were saying that it, to bring it out, you would bring it out through the Xiaoyang. Mm. So I, I'd like to get your view of looking at the Xiaoyang in the Jiayin as a kind of a pivot. The way that the Wu Meiwan presents obviously has, the person is quite ill and their healthy qi, as I understand I'm saying, is quite depleted and there's some, obviously a large aspect of cold in the formula. Uh, and is the body have that ability to push that out or overcome that? And in that process there is some heat signs and once that healthy qi recovers and can push that cold out, its tendency is to go into a Xiaoyang presentation. Um, I'll add my own two cents that it's, it's sort of less on a theory thing as opposed to the theory matches the fact that that particular presentation, as it improves, it's sort of stuck in this place where it's got a lot of cold and building up heat. And as it's going to get better, it's gonna, that heat's going to come out into a Xiaoyang presentation more. Um, yeah, I think that's what, all he said. And my question for him was what now? I've forgotten. So uh -oh. I'll save it to later. <laughs> well, it would be good if you could think of it because I think we're, we're pretty close to, uh, to an end with this at this point. I mean, okay. I, we, we could go on and on, but I, yeah. I know we need to get back to the conference here. Yeah. So can you can remember? Can I address one question that you brought up? Yeah. Um, my own two cents, and I don't know if Dr. Uh, Dr. Yu will agree with me. The pivot is in terms of herbal Zhang Han Lun, the pivot for Xiaoyang for me is not to Jiayin. From coming from a Xiaoyang and getting worse is not to a uh, Jiayin, but the pivot is the spleen. That when you say Da Zhao, Zhirgan Zhao, Renshen and Shengjiang, what you're doing is protecting the next layer down, which is the Taiyin, 
or the spleen because that's going to be the next level. It's already weak. That's why you get the back and forth. So if anywhere that that's going to go, and again, clinically could be a different thing. I don't know. Theoretically, and I think clinic bears this out somewhat, is that the next stage would be the heat's going away and you've got pure tie-in. So it seems when, we, when we're thinking about pivots, it could pivot into a number of different places. Possibly. Yeah. Let's ask him, let's ask him about that and then yeah, we'll like uh, go get some lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were just talking about it, it could go from, you know, as it goes deeper, you're looking to protect the spleen. It could pivot from a... Yeah. From a well, protecting fluids, too. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what he has to say. 呃，我刚刚提我自己意见，我想听你你对这个我的想法有什么？因为我们刚刚。如果真的少阳病，因为小柴胡汤，呀，他又在活解少阳，调理孩子健脾胡。So in terms of the the Xiaoyang, he was uh, of course mentioning the other side, the Yangming, which traditionally many people, maybe most people, see the Xiaoyang possibly turning into a Yangming. And of course, it, that also makes sense with the, the Renshen in the formula because it's protecting fluids and you do have that dryness and there's that heat. Uh, but he also said that there's a possibility, really, depending on how you treat it, with what herbs, it could go in many different directions. So in uh, his point really being that you can kind of look at it from a theoretical perspective about what by, might be the next thing, but really it's highly dependent on how you treat it and the own person's own constitution. He cautioned against, of course, somebody has Xiaoyang sort of presentation or a Xiao Chaiyutong presentation that you don't want to overuse the cold bitter herbs. Maybe you use add some herbs for heat toxicity. That might be okay, but to be careful because then you're uh, perhaps damaging the spleen and stomach a little further um, and using too many cold herbs. It could turn into a Taiying. He said that's possible or, you know, uh, you could uh, damage the fluids and it become a Yangming sort of thing. Uh, or it could go in other directions. It, it could go to any of them, really, at that point. And, and I don't, he didn't say this, but probably by extension, maybe any of the channels could possibly do that. Obviously, the Shang Hanlun is a book full of, oh, this guy has this disease and the doctor made him vomit, and that was obviously wrong, and now what happens? And so that always exists, and that's a background of your constitution and how you treat. He again brought up the sort of Yangming Jueyin thing and how they have that unique thing where with the Yangming, uh, you know, and the Jueyin being seen from their middle chi, which is their internal external relationship, uh, are kind of unique compared with the other ones because despite the fact that we have Yangming presentation as an example, behind that is the spleen and we have to be careful in how we treat it because we may be damaging the spleen by overdoing the cold herbs or the same thing you know in that context of Yin. When we have Yin disease we have a situation where their healthy chi is really depleted and again it's a, a, a turning point in its own way where are they going to be able to push out of that and in which case, it, as he mentioned earlier, it may go towards a Xiaoyang presentation. But at that point, when it's Yin, we have to support the healthy qi. And in that case, being, well, there's foods in Ganjiang, there's a lot of yang warming herbs, but as he mentioned in class, there's a lot of wumei, and that's the chief herb, right, which is very traditionally considered fluid. And um, that brings up the subject, which is a different thing, of the relationship between fluids and yang qi. And <laughs> Well, that would be a wonderful discussion, but I think we're going to have to save it for another day. So 
Uh, Michael, Dr. Yu, uh, thank you so much for sitting down for a few minutes to go over this. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope we get a chance to uh, speak again. And all y'alls out there that are herbalists and you've been enjoying this, again, I cannot more highly recommend A Walk Along the River, number one, and now number two, fantastic books, a great way to learn from Dr. Yu's vast experience. Yu uh, Yisheng, thank you for coming to us today. No, no, no. This is a very strong view. I hope you can praise he says, uh, thank you. He enjoyed being here, and he, f he wanted to say, you know, my understanding of some of these things is, is some can be some shallow sometimes, and if you guys have any criticism or corrections, please, he welcomes that. So, and thank you again, and thanks from me, Michael. Yeah, thanks to all of you, and, and thanks to the translators of the book as well. It's been a real team effort. Uh, fantastic stuff. hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. As we were closing this up, turning off the microphones, winding up the cords, the conversation kind of kept going to the point that I decided to plug everything back in and we've got a little more of this interview with Dr. Yu and that's going to be coming to you in another day or two. So if you have enjoyed this, tune in again later for a little bit more of that. And also... Our friends over at The Lantern listened to this interview, and they have graciously sent along an article by uh, Leo Dujo that came out in The Lantern a few years ago on the subject of qi transformation of the Liu Jing, the six levels, and the five movements. And it very much gets into some specific detail that other great doctors like Leo Dujo have thought about and considered on this particular topic. So if you've enjoyed this conversation and you want to know more about this, read the article. It's on the show notes page. Thanks to our friends at The Lantern for that.